go over there and shake his small hunker neck. Let's knock him on their backs, butt him in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. This is Hour 3 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour. Baby, will you eat that there snack cracker in your special outfit for me, please? Well, it's not just the Southern culture that's on the skids currently in this nation. It's every culture. But I digress. Hour three, the power hour underway. Thanks to Jen for joining us a little while ago. Coming up in about half an hour, we're going to be joined on the program by Virginia Tech head football coach Brent Pry. Joining us now on the program. Radford University Hall of Famer, still one of my favorite phrases that I get to utter, Mike Ashley. Michael, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning, Rick. You're up, pal. It's tournament time. (laughs) We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, everybody's telling me this morning I sound down, and I say, yeah, you're damn right I'm down. That uh, That was a loss last night that I haven't quite absorbed fully, and then I have to come in and you know, be all cheerful on the radio. It's not easy sometimes, but we will we will prevail in the long run. <laughs> I I was shocked at the stats at halftime to see how little Pember had actually produced in terms of numbers. Drew Pember, the seven foot center for UNC Asheville, there against the, our beloved Highlanders last night. But uh, but I thought he just dominated the game, even without those numbers. He just changed the complexion in the paint, kept the live kept the ball alive on the offensive end. Made made Radford uh, one and out. If he didn't get the rebound, he was involved in altering shots, and uh, uh, it you really, uh, yeah, really an impressive. Maybe uh, here I am the Big South Player of the Year clinching performance. I thought by him. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And those Bulldogs, you were on it early. I mean, in your preseason prognostications, you liked Ash. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it, Mike? Considering how many games they have played I think between that backcourt and Pember it's over 500 around 500 career college basketball games so it makes sense that they are a very polished team and the kind of team that nobody wants to see in the postseason whether it's the Big South tournament or if they win it beyond right 
Right. I, I yeah, and I just love the way Mike Morell's teams play. They, they play up tempo. They come at you. They they kept a press on Radford all night. And once they had Radford's offense sort of discombobulated, I thought. Uh, and again, I, I'm I, people people shake their head when I say this, but this is the most talented, most athletic, most gifted Radford basketball team I have seen in all my years since 1980 of watching the team. But they are not a particularly good shooting team. And that can be a fatal flaw this time of year. Then, of course, I always think back to the last time Radford won the championship. Uh, what did Mike Jones' team shoot in that Big South tournament? It was around 30% yeah. in the in sure. the games they won. And the key was holding the other team below that. And this Radford team still has that kind of uh, ceiling, I think, that they, they can contend. And who saw that coming? What, what a great job by, by Darius and his staff. And a lot of credit all these new players who came in and were in most ways able to mesh and become you know what right now is no matter how you slice it one of the top three teams in this league this year so uh it, it re- really a great season so far and hopefully it, it's not gonna gonna end uh as the way too many raft seasons have ended in the big south tournament well it's a great point i mean i know there's a lot of transition in college basketball with the portal but no roster added more core pieces 10 out of the portal think about that 10 and you're right it's um i marveled at it i've marveled at it a lot this year talking to these young men i mean how they have just kind of come in together and and wrap their arms around this community which is also very important you know and when you have teams that care about where they are and are relatable to the fans and just anybody and accessible, man. It means it means so much, you know. And a lot of schools don't have that. Fortunately, we have that at Radford, and I believe we have that over at Blacksburg too with Virginia Tech for the student athletes. Oh my gosh, yes. But you know, I think I've talked about this before. But uh, in, in in doing, you know, the thing, one of the things I love is getting to talk to these basketball coaches in late July and through August uh, to, to write about what we think is going to happen once they get into full practices in October and then into the season. And I got to tell you, that job, and I've talked to other writers that do the same thing, it, it has never been harder than it is right now. Because when you talk to those coaches in the summer with so many new parts in the program, they really don't have a feel either yet. And I got, I, I you know, I'll admit, Darius was, was honest with me. And, and he wasn't sure how things were coming together at that point. And, uh, uh, again, just, you know, obviously they got it figured out, and, and, and what a credit to the program. You think back, you know, how they just missed against Notre Dame and uh, and then, then what they've done once conference season began. It's just it's just been a remarkable season and really, really bodes well for the future of basketball at Rafford. And I love to see the, the larger crowds now on TV. Uh, again, uh, I hearken back to the days. I, I, I'm trying to, I was trying to remember. It was I think it was our first six games we ever played on TV from the Devon Center that we lost. So uh, <laughs> it took a while for us to get over that hump and be able to. And, and you know, the fact then the thing was we were usually paying for those games in terms of marketing, trying to uh, get a, get ourselves on uh, Channel Seven, Channel Ten, wherever ESPN, wherever we could, because we knew we needed more of a piece there. And then. You know, uh, here's a bit of trivia for you. The thing that got the Big South Conference television pa- package going and the ability for the Big South to televise more games, the, the seed money for that came from when Campbell had uh, left the league and uh, was sued by the rest of the conference 
and that's where that feed money came from. And then, of course, now Campbell's back in the league, at least until the end of this year, until uh, a couple weeks from now. <laughs> right. right. Or, or uh, yeah, well, through through uh, actually for the spring sports through the end of spring. But uh, yeah, they're 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 taking off. And ironically, and a thing that has just baffled me from the start. Uh, football uh, is ruling college basketball now. Yeah, the decisions right. made that are just killing, uh, you know, the lifeblood of college basketball, which uh, you know I just I really hate because you know football should not be affecting Radford University in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Mike Ashley, the Radford Hall of Famer, joining us on the program. He covers college basketball throughout uh, many regions through Blue Ribbon and other entities. And you know, I did get. Kind of a, a vague statement. We had Kyle Kalander on. He was uh, down at the Deadman uh, last week for the Gardner-Webb game, and probably the last time I'm going to be able to talk to him from Deadman since he's retiring. But he didn't get into details, Mike, but I asked him about the membership and the concerns with Campbell and about the Big South being a basketball league because I know they've allowed football to kind of dictate some things and schools have moved on. But the Big South, and it's okay to be a basketball league. There are a lot of mid-majors that, that fall under that – identity but he did say that he feels like there's going to be enough interest from quote multiple universities to keep the big south very vibrant from a basketball perspective he did not tip me off onto any schools he was referring to but sounds like the recovery is going to be okay in the long run in the big south so i hope that's the case yeah i you know everybody right now wants to at least have the perception of being upwardly mobile and there are you know Teams in our region and, and Queens College last year, you know, moved up to uh, Division One, and they're having a very good year, uh, their first year uh, at that level. And uh, you know, I think there, besides Division Two, I think there are some other leagues that you know, the the, the MEAC is just in absolute dire straits here. But uh, uh, you know, I think um, I don't know. I, I, I think this. The, this football thing, the way it's playing out, it's just it's been disastrous for the Big South in a lot of ways, and uh, it, I, I don't think it's going to work out as well as people in the Colonial Athletic Association and other leagues like that think, think it will. And then the flip side of that, though, Rick, is that when I think back of my long tenure sitting there at Radford, when kids used to come into my office and say, "Why don't we have football here?" and uh, you know, I used to point at Old Dominion as the example. I said, "Well, they've got that stadium on campus. They've got." They got a million dollars in the bank from a from a donor, and they've got that market in Virginia Beach to sell to, and they hadn't been able to start it. But then they did, and then it's been very successful for them. And Campbell's a success story, and Robert Morris, all these other places have added football. Um, I think, it, to me, the New River Valley is unique, though. And, of course, uh, as Coach Pry, that's the thing that would attract a coach like that to come back and want to be part of it. I, I don't. I just never thought that Radford would want to compete in that realm with Virginia Tech on football Saturdays. Might be fun, but right now we got it. We got a good thing going. The best of both worlds. And I know um, uh, President Danowitz has uh, announced an initiative that where Radford students will have access to uh, student tickets at Virginia Tech uh, uh, can go over there and watch football games on Saturdays. You know, and they, they get hopefully get back in time for the big uh, soccer match uh, that night. <laughs> <laughs> You know, again, it's, it's the best of best world. I was always shocked when I was a student at Radford. I, I remember, I think I wrote a column back when I was on the student newspaper about, you know, uh, having homecoming without football and how much I enjoyed it. Cause, and now as an alum, i got to say, I don't go sit in a stadium with like two or three people I know. I get to walk over to Moffett Field and watch alumni lacrosse 
and run into everybody that I went to school with that came back for homecoming. I will see them all on Moffett Field. And to me, that is just a, a homecoming experience that can't can't be topped. I, I've enjoyed that. That's my favorite event every year to come back come back and be part of it. And when I was a student, I remember walking around going, people complaining about not having football. I went, excuse me, you, you, you read the recruiting literature. You, you, you didn't see any pictures of football teams here, right? You knew we didn't have football, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I – where do you fall? I, I, don't, I probably have asked you before, but I've kind of gone back and forth on this thing, thinking about the Big South and other leagues like the Big South. Where do you fall on the conference tournaments being held at one venue, like it has been, this will be the second straight year the Big South has returned to that down at the Bojangles Arena, as opposed to being on the sites of home floors of the higher seeds, because you're not going to get the same atmosphere. Where do you fall on that now? Because we've gone both ways in the Big South a lot of times. We've switched back and forth many, many times, and we're back to the neutral site. Do you like that better, or do you like the home situation, home uh, court situation? In a perfect world, I do like the neutral format uh and and um but now let's be honest uh, neutral format you know what what Charlotte is what 15 miles from rock hill so let's let's not get ourselves here right uh you right. know and the same thing when it when it came to roanoke you know that was obviously a home court for radford those years and uh you know some of the, the plan in charleston civic center i remember that uh too um but this is so vital at our level, what it means to a program to to win and to, to play the whole season and, you know, establish yourself as the number one team like it looks like this year UNC Asheville will. Uh, don't you deserve to be the host? I mean, isn't that the way it yeah. is that it should yeah. work? So uh, the flip side of that is a guy who worked, in, and this is something I'm going to take up with the Big South people. You and I were talking about this earlier on the phone, some of the issues we have. Um, it's such a showcase for the women's teams in the Big South, which don't get the recognition, you know, uh, that other leagues do with with their television packages and things like that. But when you bring the whole conference together, you know, everyone will be there in time to see the women's teams play too, playing on the on the opposite days or in the or, or the same days that the the men's teams are. You get you get you get better crowds. And the thing that kills me in the league right now is the fact that. You know, when Radford's playing Asheville at home, uh, their women are playing at Asheville the same night. I know. So, I, know. I mean, you're, you're telling me people aren't fans of both programs if they support Radford or they support Asheville, right. and that you're taking away these opportunities to see. For me, this year, the the winter homecoming was kind of spoiled because the women weren't playing that day. I was really hoping to see Mike McGuire's team play. They're young. They got a lot of good, exciting players, and I, and I have not got to see them play. But hey, I'm coming to the tournament. I'm going to see them play on this neutral site because I want to check that out before I render any over, overarching judgments here. But uh, yeah, those are the things that come to my mind as a guy that that worked inside. And uh, you know, I, I would hate that I never got to see our women play if I was just traveling with the men's team. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It has been. Uh, I don't understand how that decision was made, especially in this day and age, Mike, with the the proper and constant push for more equality with women's sports and you what you're doing when you're doing when you're playing the same time is you're pushing their night away from them they're not highlighted anymore and let's just say it for the way it is they're getting lost in the shuffle for the most part because the men's game is going on it's not fair to those young ladies and I, and I don't understand and from what I've been told it looks like it's going to happen again next year I don't understand 
how they're playing the same night. I really don't understand how coaches are more concerned about whatever time they want in between practices as opposed to having their, their game highlighted. But that's where we are. I knew there was something like that involved, practice time. It is. I get it that. is. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, that's what it is. And, 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 other, and other gyms, that's a bigger issue. If you don't have a auxiliary gym to practice in, because you got to figure in early in the season, you got to figure volleyball in there. Then in the other places that it's cold, you got to figure your spring team's trying to get in and practice somewhere and do something. So, yeah, we, uh, I guess we're, you know, uh, at Radford, actually, now there's more courts thanks to the new student activity center up there on campus. And we always used to have Peter's Hall, you know. So, yeah. Uh, the last time I was at Peter's Hall, the floor looked so great. I wanted to go out and shoot and run and jump. And uh, my bow said, oh, no, you don't, fat boy. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Sit out and you'll like it. Uh, well, it's a good conversation. I, I wondered where you felt. And I've been back and forth. I can't say there's a wrong answer or a right answer. I like the fact that it's neutral. It's kind of cool to be in one spot. But at the same time, Mike, I, I think I'm leaning more toward your scenario. I just think there is something to be said about having your best team now with the best chance. Plus, you're going to get a big crowd if they end up hosting the championship or whoever hosts the well, championship, that's, that's, right? That's the big thing. You want it to, you want it to look good on that, yeah. that big TV game. Yeah. I remember the Big South has been through that. Uh, you know, that, well, remember the Liberty game, uh, yes. the championship, yes. uh, uh, how great that looked on TV. And I, I, I got to think that turned a lot of heads as far as people think, wow, look at that at Radford. Wow. Sure. Yeah, I didn't even think of Radford as a school like that, but look how basketball crazy they are down there. Sure. And, sure. and we can be, and, and Darius is starting to tap into that. And I, I, you know, I, you think about this being his first full recruiting class this year, you know, it really, I, I just going to sit here and smile a little bit. Cause I think, uh, I think, uh, things are going to be okay. Well, and as he said, you evolve or you die with the current portal situation. So however, uh, however it works yeah. out, he's always going to embrace what he has to do to make up the best team that he can. I mean, he's dedicated to that. So you're right. He's got the right perspective on it. Today's recruiting. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, all right, man. Very great, good. Great conversation uh, for you as always, and appreciate you uh, moving I'm up. I'm sorry for Coach we were so Fry. serious, though. I, I needed some material to cheer you <laughs> up. It's okay. But, uh, it's all right. You know, it is what it is. You know, it's just you, you, you hurt because you care, right? It'd be different if you didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The passion of sports. The yeah. passion of sports. That's right. All right, brother. Have a great weekend, man, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. We'll try to be funnier next week. How's that? We'll try. Yes, we will. <laughs> Goober says, "Hey." All right, hey to Goober. There you go. That's the uh, Radford Hall of Famer, uh, Mike Ashley, joining us. Uh, what did he say too? He had the line. Mike, are you still there? Yes. What was your line, by the way? Before quick, before you, what did you say? I'd be prying if I. What did you say? That was so funny. You said uh, instead of lying, you said I'd be prying. If, 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 I, if, if, if yeah, well, no, you, 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 Coach Pry justifiably took my spot. So I said, if uh, if I'm prying, I'm dying. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's uh, what you got. See, you're the best. All right, I wanted to get that in. See, there's there's the laughter we all needed from Mike Ashley. All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back. In about ten minutes, it will be the head football coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies, Brent Pry. Here on this finally Friday edition as we're getting close to the end of another week. Thanks to Mike for joining us. Stay with us. More coming up here on the finally Friday edition of the program. He won't sit, but oh boy, does he speak. 
More Big Dog Sports Talk next on WRAD. Defense coordinator for Virginia Tech Hokies. You're listening to the Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. And it's been great to see uh, Coach Foster out at many of the Radford uh, games this year. Came by last night and said, hey, looks great, by the way. Retirement agreeing with uh, Coach Foster tremendously. Looks great. What a legacy. What a legacy. And a part of that uh, legacy going to join us here momentarily. The head football coach at Virginia Tech, Brent Pry, going to join us, and we're excited about that. And a lot of things I want to get into. Uh, I'm really digging these uh, hunger drills. Loving it. Loving the hunger drills. So I want to get into that a little bit, the thought process behind it, and uh, what he is getting as a result of that. I think that'll be really, really cool. So we'll talk to him about that. And uh, heading into uh, spring number two as the head football coach and get the differences between now and then. Uh, with Coach Pry coming up. Thanks to Jen and Mike Ashley for joining us earlier in the program. That was good stuff from Jen. I had a couple of uh, text messages about the band makeup and all that. That was good. And then, of course, Mike is, well, twice a Hall of Famer. News coming up in our final segment of the week. We'll be joined by Brent Pry when we come back. Hope you're well wherever you might be. On the finally Friday edition of the program, heading into the weekend. We'll be back. Coach Pry next. It's not unusual to see me cry. I wanna die. It's not unusual to go out. All right, welcome back to the program. It's 34 minutes past the hour here on this finally Friday edition. Hope you're doing well wherever you might be. We'll get back to your text messages in just a little bit, but we are very excited to be joined by the head football coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies. His name is Brent Pry. Coach, how are you? Good morning. Let me tell you what. How does that song not get people going in the morning? I know, right? I mean... (laughs) A cup of good coffee and Midnight Rider, you're rolling, man. It's going to be a great day. Well, it is going to be a great day. I was going back and forth between Midnight Rider and Soul Shine, you know, but I kind of, you know, either you can't lose either way, right? Any of them, you can't lose. You cannot. Lose. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, Coach, we do appreciate your time. And uh, speaking of, uh, this is, by the way, do you play this during the uh, morning hunger drills for your team? <laughs> this is the honest to goodness truth. We don't have one practice or workout that Midnight Night Riders not play. 
It's played one time and one time only. Right. And if any player or coach frowns or goes thumbs down, <laughs> they got up downs after the workout. <laughs> I believe that 100%, by the way. Uh, this is so uh, cool to be going into year two. Let me ask you right now the difference now going into your first camp to year two. And, you know, we always hear about players and how they improve from first year to the second coach. How about an entire coaching staff now going into their second year? Yeah, honestly, you know, the roster looks a lot different. Um, coming back on the plane the other day, a couple of the assistants and I, we were I was speaking up at the Nike Clinic in eastern Pennsylvania, and we're coming back, and I'm just going down the roster as it currently is, you know, counting the, the additions that will roll in in the summer. And there's just there's far few there, – there's just less question marks. And, you know, if, if I was to do that last year at this time – you know, there's, there's just, there were so many guys. Is he good enough from a skill set standpoint? Is he good enough culturally? Does he have the work ethic? You know, just there's fewer questions, and, and that's a good sign. You know, we're young, and there's still a lot of work to be done, but the roster itself just looks better. And as I said, we've got another 15, 18 guys counting our walk ons rolling in here in the summer to complement this group. Mm-hmm. So the roster's improved. And then when anytime you can keep your coaching staff intact, you know, we had some, some other programs make a run at a guy or two, and and uh, we're able to keep everybody with the administration support. And, you know, it's, it, it's awesome, the continuity, because we're still growing as a staff and we're learning and we're, you know, the cohesiveness and, and working together and, and building our identities. So, yeah, I'm excited about the growth and development, you know, on both ends, the roster and the coaching staff. Virginia Tech head football coach Brent Pry joining us on the program. Are you more excited about yourself, coach, going into year two, or more excited about Chris Barb and Tyler Bowen now having their jobs here in year number two? I know you're just so supportive of both of those guys. Yeah, listen, uh, those are, again, you know, two of the brightest guys. I got the utmost trust and and, uh, you know, belief in both of those guys. And I think that last game against Liberty, just, you know, turning it over to Chris and allowing me to be the best head coach I can be and and Chris to, you know, to dive into it and call his first game at the collegiate level. And, you know, it just it, it felt really good. I'm excited about that. You know, obviously I'm going to I'm still going to be in that defensive room at times, but not near like I was last year. And it gives me a chance to spend more time with Coach Holt and special teams mm-hmm. and certainly in the offensive room with, with Coach Bowen and, and Brad and Joe and those guys. So, you know, I'm excited about that. I really am. I think, you know, we're going to maximize. I know I'm going to be a better head coach, and I know this group's working to be better, you know, a better group of assistants. Yeah, it was interesting. I know uh, Bill was on the show. Bill and Mike both talked about when you were on their podcast earlier talking about how you look back on it. You didn't feel like you, you did a great job doing both, right? Or something like he was talking about that. But now, like you just said, your your focus is on every part of this thing. Well, it was important to me to get my thumbprint on the defense. I mean, let's be honest. That's a big reason I got the job. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, to make sure that not just the players, but the coaches understood what that needed to look like. You know, the fundamentals, the techniques, you know, the ground-level stuff that's really important in my opinion, to playing great defense over the long haul. So I think we established that. We made, you know, we laid some really good inroads and, 
You know, so I think it was the right thing to do. As I've said before, we're not going to cut corners to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we may have taken a, a, a you know, I wasn't quite the head coach I could be. I know that, but uh, in the long run, I think this thing's going to work out the way we want it to. And and as I said, I'm excited to uh, to fully invest in you know from a time standpoint in, in being the best head coach I can be. Well, there are a lot of people excited, Coach, and I think self-awareness is something that you know the world doesn't have enough of, especially people in sports, but you have always had that. I know every week you were just always honest, even going through the rough stretch of games, pointing out one or two plays could have made a difference, and you've kept that message going forward. How important is that to you? Because I think it establishes who you are as a coach, and it kind of reveals who you are as a person to have that consistency of just being up front and telling it like it is and having that constant self-awareness? You know, a couple of things. This stuff's complicated enough as it is. (laughs) Right. You know, and and so when you try and and muddy the truth, it gets gets even tougher. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I I think, you know, honest, genuine conversations with our coaches, with our players, and that carries forth, you know, when I'm in front of the media or when I'm talking to our administration or to our fan base – um, transparency to me is important. It's it's a it's a two way street, right? We want everybody's help in doing this. It's going to take everybody. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, there's there's a sense of belonging when you know the truth, and I am transparent, and you see, you know, an insider's look at how we're doing this and the the struggles we have and the the production we have and the, and the strides we make, and you know, they're kind of everybody's kind of doing this with us. And uh, this is everybody's program, not just mine. So, um, you know, it's important to me that everybody feels part of this thing, and that's the best way I know how to do it. Well, Coach, you've already mentioned the roster and how it's improved, and I know how excited you are. You're going to have legitimate competition like never before, right? I mean, over the last couple of years. How excited are you about that to see guys have to go out and earn it, which is what's starting right now with these hunger drills that you're having every morning at 6 a.m.? That's right. It's – you know, the influx, we signed 26 high school players and seven guys out of the portal and a good group of, of PWOs, some guys walking on that were recruited and, you know, very, very competitive to get those spots. But what happens is, you know, the portal guys, for example, the guys, that, the older guys that have joined our program, they're good players and they bring a skill set and they bring talent and they bring experience. And they're, so they're good players in their own right, but they make everybody in the room better. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bayshaw is, is going to make Chance Black better. He's going to make Malachi better. He's going to make Bryce Duke better. The level of competition is raised. Those three wide receivers, you know, the minute they step into that wideout room, it heightens everything. When they line up for these preseason drills, these winter workout drills, these hunger drills, and, and you've got these three guys competing against Loft and and Christian Moss, and Gosnell, and Tucker. It just makes everybody better. You know, competition, there's no you know, greater motivator than to get guys to, to work above a level that they thought was their limit. You know, I tell them all the time, how many guys have won a championship in this room in the ACC? You know, a couple of guys put their hand up, right, <laughs> Xavier, and, and right, some right. of them guys, you know. But uh, in the end, you know, on this roster, there's nobody. And I just, I remind them, you don't know the level that you can work at. The investment, the sacrifice, the work that, that we have to get to, and competition's no better way. you got to hate to lose, and these guys are learning that. 
Brent Pry joining us on the program, the football coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies. The crux of the hunger drills, it reveals a lot about these young men, especially these new players, Coach. What have you found out so far, your expectations being met or maybe exceeded by these young men and what they're doing for you every morning? Yeah, they're learning how to compete, you know, the value in it. Um, Every drill we do is partnered up. The entire hunger drill, the coaches make the pairings the day before, and, you know, you may, it may be, you know, Tootin versus Malachi. You come back the next hunger drill, and it's Malachi versus Chance Black. You come back the next hunger drill, and it's Malachi versus Kelly Lawson. We match these guys up, and then we're calling out those winners every rep, and we're charting it. Um, you know, so in the end, you know, it, it's about these guys competing with one another, and they can't ever take a playoff. I know you invited Roth and Burnup. To the hunger drills. Do you actually expect them to show up? I could see Burnup getting out there, right? I, w- I want to put them in a tire pool. <laughs> <laughs> I, we would have the full medical staff there. <laughs> Absolutely, you would. Might be some buffet leftovers on the field as well before all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> Finally, Coach, let me ask you, I know you've been so busy uh, getting the culture around your program, getting things in place, but do you have moments where you're able to reflect on what it means to you at this point now going into year two, still being the head coach at Virginia Tech, my goodness, the place you were before as the GA, seeing this thing grow then to where it is now and where you're hoping to grow it again. Do you have time at all to reflect on that? Yeah, You know, I don't know that I reflect on it. I feel very blessed and fortunate every day. I sit at what I call Coach Beamer's desk and look at Lane Stadium every morning, and it just smacks me in the face. You know, I was a great young grad assistant. I mean, you back it up beyond that. I came to camp here trying to earn a scholarship right. from little old Lexington High. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure they knew my name. And, uh, you know, so to be to be the head coach here is, is just an incredible opportunity. And, uh, you know, when I see Coach Beamer, which I do a couple times a week, or I see Bud Foster and John Balloon and those guys, it just smacks me in the face. Um, you know, how surreal this is and how fortunate I am to be doing what I'm doing. Well, and I know how much support you have from the former players. Talk to those guys all the time, and they're so excited. I mean, I know you get that reaction, Coach, but trust me, it is, it's bountiful, those guys and what they see developing within your program. It's really cool to see and hear about. They're, they're so important to what we're doing. You know, I tell them all the time it's more their place than it is mine. I had a good conversation with D'Angelo Hall last night. You know, just about kind of state of the union and and what's happening in his life and and what his ambitions are and you know these guys I want them to want to come back and be part of this thing I I know so many of them want to see us do well and they can certainly help us do that and when they come to town I want to roll out the maroon and orange carpet for them and their families. Well, Coach, listen, I really appreciate you taking some time this morning. I know you've been getting up awfully early <laughs> these past several weeks, getting the team ready. Looking forward to catching up with you again. And uh, best of luck as you and your staff finalize your preparations heading into spring ball. Hey, listen, I just got a text from Mike Burnham. He said, <laughs> come on out there. He said, you and him on the tire pool. Okay. I can, yeah. If that's, a, if that's an invitation. He called you out, Rick. Oh, he I'm did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> tell Burnup I'll meet him. Coach, if I'm invited, tell Burnup I'll meet him out there. I'll be glad to jump in the tire with him. All right, brother. Call an extra doctor, though. I'll tell you that right now. Or an extra trader, too. <laughs>
Start training. Start training. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, Coach. We'll talk again soon, man. Have a great weekend. Appreciate you. Okay. Appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Have Thank a good you. Day. There you go. That's uh, Brent Pry, the head football coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies. Burn up, call me out. My goodness gracious. I'll do it. If Mike's out there, I will get out there with him in the morning. Notice Bill didn't call me out because I don't know if Bill's actually going to accept the invitation from Coach Pry. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our final break for the week. We're going to wrap it up. Great stuff from Coach. We'll be back. Stay with us. Don't go away here on the Finally Friday edition. Big Dog Sports Talk is taking a timeout. Now, hold Wait a minute. Timeout. You want to say that one more time without the sarcasm? BTSD will return in a moment on WRAD. Ashley and Brent Fry, good conversations, all three. We got college basketball continuing. Radford and Virginia Tech men tomorrow. Radford on the road against Longwood. Tech at home on the men's side against Pitt. The ladies will have NC State on Sunday. Radford women will have Longwood at home tomorrow. We got stick and ball sports going on. Radford baseball at home today at one. Tech baseball on the road down in Charleston. Great stuff. Best of luck to all the teams as they get things underway. Tech softball with a big weekend ahead after their undefeated start last weekend. Radford softball opening up today as well. The crossover season has officially begun in collegiate sports across the land. Thanks to everybody who um, reached out this morning. They they know me so well, they knew I was a little bummed after the loss last night. So I appreciate that. Lots of efforts to cheer me up. We're getting a ton of reaction from uh, having Coach Pry on. I mean, a ton of reaction. Appreciate that. Appreciate him. I got the personal invite to go out there for the hunger drills. All right. So myself and Burnham, maybe if we do this together, we can kind of you know pick one another up as we get through this thing. <laughs> right? Let's see how that goes. <sighs> it would be cool to go out there. I don't know how much I might partake in. But I would like to go out there and cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with Coach and see. Hey, can I just show up and watch? That'd be kind of cool. I'm up anyway. We could just do the show. We could set up and do the show from like, 
you know, in an area where they couldn't hear us. <laughs> we could do that, couldn't we? <laughs> I'm up anyway. I'm already up. Why not? Yeah, that's right, Wayne. I'll take him a BDST t-shirt. Sure, he'd sport that around text practice. <laughs> so here we are. We have uh, football now officially done this weekend, right? No Super Bowl, no nothing, no Pro Bowls. This is now going to kick in. We're going to have no football officially for a long time now. So everybody just kind of has to uh, suck it up. <laughs> Yes, my hunger drill would just be out there eating bacon while they're going through it. <laughs> yeah, you guys are really, you guys are really going through it. <sighs> Rain today, which is going to subside here. Actually, it looks like it has already. And then tonight, cold, windy, nasty. Weekend will, I believe, be a little bit better. Yeah. No wind, some sun tomorrow and Sunday. Hope they can get the uh, the games in today everywhere. One thing about having to play the stick and ball sports in February, the weather most of the time does not cooperate. So we'll see how all that plays out throughout the weekend. As all of our teams are either home traveling, most are traveling, and we hope they can get the games in. It'll be interesting to see how Tech softball does against the competition they have. What a doubleheader. Tomorrow they have out of the Pac-12 with UCLA and Arizona. Woo! Coach Diamore, man, getting it done. He wants his team to step up. And we'll see how it goes this weekend. I was waiting for the bell to toil for thee. I'm out of here, everybody. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Jen, Mike Ashley, Brent Pry, everybody. Thank you. Best listening audience in radio. We will see you on the Monday edition. Have a great and safe weekend, everybody. Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.